This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska Preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. You're the big boy, Scott. It's Nebraska Preps postgame. That's Jacob Padilla. Some people call him JP. Some people just call him Jacob. Some people call him the biggest Phoenix Suns fan <laughs> east of uh, the Rockies. We'll just go with Jacob today, man. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you, Damon? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so it seems like we catch up more off the pod than on. We'll try to bring it back to the podcast, man. It was, uh, I don't know how eventful the last week was as a whole. But there were some impressive showings, uh, whether you're talking about Class A or Class B from top to bottom. Yeah, had some good matchups there. Had a couple of events uh, this weekend. I was over at the um, Mid-America Center kind of checking out the Nebraska versus Iowa border battle this week. Um, We had Abraham Lincoln over in Council Bluffs take on both of Nebraska's best teams and uh, uh, produce some really good games there. So there's definitely some things to talk about this past week. Yeah, we could stay with that AL theme just for a little bit as we were kind of talking uh, before we got started, Josh Dixon company, uh, really, really tough. That's that's a good AL team. I like the way that they've kind of scheduled this deal. They're kind of yeah. ramping up uh, for Iowa State basketball, and they look like more than just the part. Yeah, and I was there on Friday when they took on Bellevue West. I didn't get to see the uh, the game against Millard North. I was trying to watch a little bit on the stream, but I went to a different game that night. So uh, both games uh, – they kind of fell behind and got back into the game, showed some real grit. Uh, Jason Isaacson's done a great job at that program Fan, over there. Fantastic hire. Yeah. And uh, he has taken on all comers, and <laughs> and uh, that's a confident, well-coached. That's a good bunch. Yeah, for sure. Um, got some good athletes there, some some good basketball players. Jamison Gruber uh, had a really good game. Obviously, Josh Dix is their best player. He's got a handful of mid-major offers, and uh, he's got some some – uh, some nearby high majors watching him closely as well. It's six four shooting guard, uh, can handle the ball, makes really good decisions uh, depending on what the defense throws at him. Can shoot the ball, can get it through him and finish. He had a nasty dunk yeah. in that Bellevue West yeah, game. Over. Poor Will Kyle, yeah. a guy that we were highlighting last week, is kind of a and he had, he's a guy that's flying under the radar. He had a little three bit. or four blocks in that game, yeah. six seven athletic long. Like he can go up and get it. That was he just Josh went at him and just kept going up. I was. When he took off, I was like, okay, what's we going to get here? And then he just kept going up and yeah. threw it down. Yeah, so. kind of gave it the old uh, yeah. on the <laughs> head deal. <That's>, so. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Alex Phillips and that fishing crew for kind of letting that go. They, yeah. they, they, they did. didn't, they didn't did. cross the line. So. And it was uh, it was right next door at, at the MAC to the IOS Fieldhouse. So there were some people that were kind of double dipping as there was a big tournament going on at the Fieldhouse as well. It was uh, That was a really good back-to-back showing. A couple of... You know, two and one possession games and, and back-to-back nights with Miller North and Bellevue West. And uh, Coach Isaacson really showing that uh, Abraham Lincoln is right there. Yeah, Dix had 32 against Miller North on Tuesday and then followed up with the 18-7-7 and against uh, Bellevue West. So really showing that he's the real deal. But uh, I think Hunter Salas had 26 on Tuesday. Tyler Sandoval and St. Thomas each had 22. Uh, on Friday, it was the Frankie Fiddler show. He had 27 in that game. Yeah. Uh, Frank, so Frankie Fiddler showed the kind of the full repertoire 
the other night. He's, I mean, he can score at all three levels. Um, he's putting it on the deck a little bit more. I think folks maybe look at his athleticism and they're thinking just okay. Yeah. It's, I think it's better than people think if you watch him enough. Yeah, and I think uh, kind of he's kind of figuring out how to not settle as much when he does right. try to put it on the deck because he's he's a fan of that kind of fadeaway jump shot, mid range jump shot, and. Uh, he did a good job of, like you said, getting the rim. He had a nice, him and uh, Greg Brown, both back-to-back steals and breakaway dunks. That was a huge stretch in that game, kind of give uh, Bellevue West that momentum. Um, and he just made some big shots all the way throughout. You mentioned Greg Brown. It's good to see him playing well. Um, you know, he's kind of, I won't say bounced around, but I think he was kind of the forgotten man. He was kind of tucked away at Burke, uh, who we'll get to here in a little bit and get your thoughts on that basketball situation and, and how they're going to try to, you know, bring back a fairly successful program. They are struggling right now, but Brown transfers out of there. Jaron Marshall transfers out. It's it, it's a little bit of a rebuilder for Burke, but it's good to see Brown kind of land at a dip. It's not a, it's not easy to fit in when you're playing with a lot of other good players. He's he's kind of made the transition, and he's a guy. He's obviously familiar with Chucky and Frankie yeah. from playing uh, Team Some, Factory during yeah. the summer. So that that you kind of already had that chemistry built in a little bit there and I think that's a huge part of why he made that decision that he's comfortable playing with those guys and he's he's a good passer um and he can he can catch fire from uh, the perimeter and knock down some threes and in, in bunches so he's a good kind of fit um uh, supporting piece for kind of those two leading the charge for yeah, sure. Yeah it's interesting because I felt like he was kind of he kind of kept them in it a couple weeks ago against Miller North when it wasn't Enselman and and Fiddler scoring right it was Brown was kind of that next piece while Chucky was still trying to find his game offensively. Dotzler struggling a little bit from the field. I, Greg Brown made a lot of plays. Uh, and uh, Chucky picked up his fourth foul early early on there, and they uh, uh, Brown kind of took over running the show and ran the point for them. Um, kind of bought them enough time for Chucky to, to get back in it later on. So, yeah, that's, again, Bellevue West has shown itself to be um, right at the top of Nebraska, right there with Miller North. Yeah, you mentioned you double dipped uh, in terms of getting some games, and you were at PRLD and and uh, Elkhorn North. You saw a double dip. You went for the boy girl double header, right? So you yeah. got to see Lucas and and Britt on opposite teams, not the same gender, yeah. but a lot of good basketball going on in that one. Yeah, man, Britt, Britt Prince, <laughs> she's special. She's fantastic. Uh, se- uh, seven threes in that seven to nine shooting from three, um, just absolutely went off. Um, she she was phenomenal in that game. BRD was throwing zones at her. She was kind of cutting through, finding the spots. I uh, got some transition plays, finished through contact, knocked down a mid-range jumper too. So just kind of showed off the the whole package uh, in, in that game. Um, and so Elkhorn North kind of controlled that game against BRLD, who was seven and two in uh, in Coming C2. In, yeah. But uh, it's tough playing up against one. <laughs> was already one of the best teams in Class B on the girls' side. And um, Ann Prince has done a great job kind of starting that program from scratch there. Riley Palmer had a really good game as well, good first half. So she's a solid kind of uh, complimentary piece there to, to Prince. So it's a tough team. It is. One of the advantages to having a, uh, a daughter that plays high school basketball is you get a chance to see some of these girls young, right? Yep. So in succession, especially through middle school, I got a chance to see McCabe and, 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 and Prince – Kind of back-to-back. Anaya Jones. I, you know, you see the whole gamut. And we talked about this a little bit last week towards the end of the pod. Girls basketball is in it's in, it's in in good hands yeah. right now. There's a lot of good young talent in the Metro. We, we talked about 
the host of sophomores at, at <laughs> Millard South. And we know about Alexis Markowski at Pius. It's just a lot of good quality basketball. And it's not just in Class A. Yeah. And you mentioned McCabe, Taylor McCabe. I saw her on Saturday. Uh, career high, 37 points. Obviously, not a school record considering uh, yeah, man, who else this, went there. There was yeah. this other girl named Jess Shepard <laughs> yeah. that, uh, uh, that was there playing. But she, she was phenomenal. Kind of struggled a little bit in the first half, and then she had scored 17 points and didn't miss a shot in the third quarter against a really good Glenwood team that was shooting the lights out and kind of had, had the lead for most of that game, and then she just took over and powered Fremont to that win. And then later on that day, her sister, Peyton McCabe, yeah. set a school record at Scott, 7-12 <laughs> from three. 21 points and a blowout win for Scott. So. Yeah, I don't feel so bad having kids that go to different schools, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like other people manage it. It's, it's, it's not so bad. I won't, won't be the first or the last. But, yeah, plenty of good basketball to be had as, as we jump back over to A. It's a very interesting week. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'll tell you the most impressive for me, and they're going to get their test yep. tomorrow night versus Bellevue West what Pius was able to do, the Southwest and Northeast, holding them to 30, both opponents yeah. to 36 points while scoring 77 and 67 respectively. It's impressive. And that comes on the heels of the hack championship where they dominated Southeast as well. Yeah, so I, I was asking you when we were leaving last week, I said, did were you surprised at how easily yeah. they handled Southeast? I was. I, I'm not now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not now. And like you said, though, Coming up here on Tuesday, they get they go to Bellevue West for a big game. I'm planning on hopefully being there for that one. But uh, I think we, we've kind of viewed it as, all right, there's this top tier. you got Miller North and Bellevue West. Mm-hmm. And then there's kind of a group of three, four, five schools right after that. Kind of saw Pius is somewhere in that group, maybe not necessarily that next team. On Tuesday, they'll get a chance to show if they belong right up there with the prep and the central. Yeah, that's where it's, that's where it's at, right? And that's important. See, I think... And Elkhorn South basket or excuse me, football found this out. The three, four, five, and those slots when it comes to district yeah. play in the state tournament, that's going to matter, right? But maybe not so much in hoops because once Bellevue West got beat in football, it turned into West Side and then everybody else. With this one. Bell West, Millard North, you're going to get a tough draw no matter which yeah. half the ledger you're on if you pencil both those teams in. But that 3-4-5, that, that jostling and shuffling, I think it's going to be important. Yeah, and so this will be a fun game. Obviously, I think Pius, they haven't had any one player stand out so far. It's been different people each game. A Sam Hassrider one game, a Sam Hoiberg one, a Charlie Hoiberg one. Um, got yeah, a Dabber, lot of, yeah. Dabber Cow, I think, is, is <laughs> yeah, had a big game against Southeast, like, so they've got a lot of different guys that can uh, make plays, whereas you've got Bellevue West where you've got it's the Chucky and Frankie show and then some really good pieces around them. But most more often than not, one of those two guys is going to lead you in scoring with 20-plus uh, points. Yeah. So uh, Pius has kind of done it a little bit different. They've done it with their defense. They've got a lot of length and athleticism on that team. Um, heck, Hoiberg twins at 5'9", whatever, can get up and throw it down pretty effortlessly at, at the point. And then you've got guys like Hastrider and Dabrakow and – uh, and Brady Christensen and uh, guys like that that are really long and athletic on the back end. Just going to say that. We talked to Coach Spitzka last week, and their length, uh, I think, is underappreciated. They, they can go, you know, at any given time on the on the court, they can go everybody six, well, with the exception of Hoiberg, yeah. you know, six, two and a half, and, and, and then some. They can get long and guard. And the thing that I like 
maybe the most. They have a lot of guys that can get you. They got more than one way to skin a cat. You just never really know reading that scouting report. Yep, for sure. So this will be a big test to kind of show, all right, they they've they got off to the late start because of Lincoln. Um, now they've kind of proven themselves through their first couple of weeks of the schedule that they're clearly um, the best team down in Lincoln. So now you get a chance to come up to the Metro and take on uh, one of the best that we've got up here. So it should be fun. Let me ask you a quick question about a, a team that's kind of in the middle of the pack because we'll get to some of the key games this week, the the West Side, the Papillions, the, the, the Pius, the Bellevue West. When you're looking at a team like Papillion South, and I and I believe they're at three in a row now in terms of uh, the losing streak, and I know the Benson game was without Coach Heizer. I understand that. Uh, for you, when you look at their makeup, you alluded to this a couple of weeks ago. I thought it was pretty spot on. The ability to create off the dribble when guys like Brokale aren't shooting it well, that offense can get bogged down. It is that kind of been their Achilles as you see it, or is this more about the schedule or maybe a little bit of both? I think it's a little bit about both. Um, yeah, that Benson, I didn't see that game, 71-65, lost to Benson. Um, heck of a win for the Bunnies. But yeah. um, I didn't get to see that one. I didn't, didn't see quite what kind of caused them the issues there. But that is, like, you know, anytime you lose a guy like Jared Matley who does so much for that team in terms of ball handling and initiating offense and everything ran through him, now, even however, seven, eight, nine, ten games we're into the season now, it's still, um, they're still kind of figuring out, all right, who is going to be the guy that can create for us? Tyler Culp was the backup point guard last year. He's kind of stepped up now. Um, he's trying to figure some things out. They've, uh, they don't have a ton of depth behind him either, a lot of other options in terms of the point guard spot. So they're still trying to figure some things out. Um, but now you, you go into this stretch where, yeah, that, that Benson loss hurts because it's in the middle of, games against Omaha Central and Bellevue West. And now coming up on Thursday, they get to take on Miller North. Yeah. So it's not getting any easier for them. Uh, you mentioned Matley. Uh, the story goes he may be leaving Hastings to come back to Omaha. And I think he just wants to be a student. Hmm. Maybe is, is contemplating maybe not playing basketball, which is interesting. Such a good player. Um, you know, after he left Grant, Grant and I transferred to – to Papillion La Vista South. That would surprise me a little bit, but that just kind of goes to show you, man, with basketball and the level of intensity, it takes a lot to keep that fire burning. And college is tough. I mean, everybody <laughs> right talks about, you know, D1 offers. And the, listen, the, the game is tough. There are a lot of good players out yeah. there. I, I see fair share of NAI, D2, every level of basketball. Like, you get a chance to play in college. You, you've done something. Yeah. You've really accomplished. It is tough at that level. Some of, some of the guys that play at the NAIA level, um, they could easily play at other levels as well. So it's just kind of about your situation. So it's you get an opportunity to play, just consider it strongly because uh, that's some really good basketball at every level uh, of college right now. Uh, you ask a guy like my man Nate Shimowitz, who, Shimonitz, who was one of my favorites yep. coming out, and everybody I'm – like, I'm just – I wasn't the only one, right? But I'm like, yeah. hey, this this guy's really, really good. Yeah. The consummate gamer. Like, say what you want. Had a fantastic college career, and and, and people are like, wait, what? <laughs> Who? No, this guy's good. Bad. The game is tough. Yeah, a lot, lot, lot of bodies out there. Now he's coaching over there for Andy King at Elkhorn North. Yeah, his he comes to mind right away. He was such a great college basketball player, and it was just like, kind of just flew under the radar. Well, and it's kind of the same way. It. 
uh, at prep and just he just makes winning plays. It's not the prettiest. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have the, the best-looking jump shot or anything, but he just finds a way to make winning plays at every level, no matter what the competition is. So, heck, I played pickup with him before, and it was kind of the same thing in that game, where he's just not necessarily scoring 30, but just kind of controlling the game, even if he wasn't shooting. Yeah. the uh, One of the other, I, I think, interesting things, we haven't talked about it much, kind of off to a slow start. Coach Chubbuck's had to play a lot of young guys, right? That You, you lose a Griggs, you I mean, that backcourt, it was one of the better tandems um, to graduate from Omaha South a year ago. I, better days ahead for South. Well, if, I said, if I said, hey, JP, where would you like, if you could, you, you got a job, you got Omaha Burke, you have Omaha South. Like, which one do you see turning it around quicker in terms of talent? I, I definitely say South. South. And yeah. because of the amount of young players, it's, them and Gretna, I think, right now that are the, the two youngest teams in Class A by far. They're both playing more freshmen, sophomores than anybody else, I think. Um, Although so, Westside's saying, hold my Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've also got those juniors mixed in there. Yeah, they do. Kind of, yeah. yeah, they do. Um, so, yeah, like Miller Northwest, I both have their JV and, the, the, and their varsity benches. They, they've got plenty of young players, too. But uh, in terms of, like, you got – Ricky Lofton uh, is yeah. leading South in scoring right now as a freshman. Um, you got Isaiah Jackson, Jacob Martin, um, guys like th- that are playing big minutes for them as. And I sophomores. think Jacob is just a sophomore. Yeah, both those guys are sophomores. Um, and then uh, Terion Griggs is kind of starting at the point for them, and he um, another, barely didn't really pup. play. Yeah, didn't play much last year. He's a junior, but doesn't have a ton of experience. So they, they've got so many young guys. Um, they they don't even have a senior on their roster. Yeah, and which is interesting too because I think Westside only has one. Um, North is another one of those teams, and we saw that hey, they put together three, 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 <laughs> three wins in a yeah. row, right? Right now, and I know it was I think it was Brian Norfolk, but then they got Millard West yes. uh, the other night, which was a good win for Coach Lichty and that bunch, and he's starting two sophomores and. One freshman with, with Dale Thomas. I, it's interesting how the Metro is kind of going through this young influx of talent, yet you still have the Hunter Salases, the Isaac Trouts, the the Chucky Hepburns. Like you, you have the, the, an older presence too, but there's a nice little blend where I don't think you'll see a ton of drop-off. Now, and Mason Strong has kind of been the driving force behind yeah, he the, has. those North winds. He's having a heck of a junior year. He's a fantastic player. He, you know, I watched them when they played Westside earlier. He takes good shots. He's confident. Uh, he's not afraid of the moment. And, uh, you know, they, they pulled off the win the other night without Keyshawn Williams, yeah. which it's not easy to do. I mean, say what you want about the basketball upside. He's a fantastic athlete. He'll guard you. Um, finding a way to keep those kids playing hard. Yeah, and Daryl Bennett Shot the lights out. Didn't miss six of six from three. Twenty three points in that last game without Keyshawn, I believe. So um, that's yeah, guys like that stepping up. And so yeah, w- no matter what the class, like we've got some good talent in Nebraska, and at, at all levels, it's start it's starting to con- or it's continuing to keep getting better and better as we've seen over the last handful of years now. Yeah, all these all these junior varsity teams that are just littered with freshman players. It's it's pretty eye-opening. Yep. Uh, let's, let's jump over to um, a couple other teams we haven't talked about. Central 
they're getting ready to hit a little bit of a stretch too. Now they have some quality opponents already under their belt, right? They played Millard North, they played Bellevue West, they played Papio South. Uh, that that's a team whose whose schedule has really primed them for kind of what's coming up here in the next couple of weeks. As as you as I believe you're taking a look at their schedule now. Yep. So they get another crack at Millard North on Friday. Yeah. Um, that's probably be a big probably one. the game. And that girls game will be interesting too. So oh. that's going to be a good environment. <laughs> Hope Maya's doing all right. I and do. <laughs> she's she she's got to probably sit out one more week. Yeah. Um, with the concussion, she's had you know two days with no symptoms, and it's good. very tough. Once you use the c word, the protocol yeah. in order to come back, you're looking at minimum probably two weeks. And as it should be, it's it's great to you got to have the kids' best interests in mind and yeah. and make sure they're a hundred percent before they get back so they can go all out when yeah. when they're back on the court. That, that girls game will, will will be interesting too. When you look at that matchup, um the first time around that game was no Central had the lead for for bits during that game as well. For them, when you look at the Eagles, is it still is it still about the shooting? In that particular matchup for sure, I think, because it's going to be tough to you're going to have to be able to trade twos for threes with the lack of size and again, that last matchup how, how many shots did they force Hunter Salas and St. Thomas into with their perimeter defense and making them take some tough shots? They, they had more shots than points. The problem was you had Jason Green and Tyler Sandoval cleaning up everything around yeah. the basket and taking advantage of that size mismatch. So you've got to be able to offset those easy points that Miller North is going to get because of all the attention that Salas and uh, Thomas uh, draw. You're going to have to be able to offset those easy points they're going to get by shooting the ball well. And they've got guys that are capable. Jay Dawson had some really good looks in that in that game. P.J. Davis had some good looks. Yeah, in he's got to shoot ball. it well for them. He's by far and away their most consistent shooter. Yeah, and I think he's he's. I mean, he's he's really got to be effective from the perimeter because he's kind of the one guy that's not like the others when it comes to consistency. P.J. Davis has shown you flashes. You think offensively, Jerry Marshall is is going to get it going. Not that you know, almost ten a night is anything to sneeze at, but more than capable offensively to still figuring out those pieces for the Eagles. Yeah, so that that's going to be the key is they they need somebody else to step up. Denham Johnson did about all they could in that game. He tried to keep them in as much as he could. He needs somebody else to to shoot well, to play well in that game, to be able to keep up with Miller North. It didn't happen last time, and it was still a competitive game. So if they get another guy to step up there, if Denham has another good game, they've got a chance to take that down in the fourth quarter for sure. Yeah, the scheduling gods have not. We've talked about how they didn't do Papio South any flavors. Maybe it's a La Vista thing because the Monarchs have had a tough schedule as well. And they've got an interesting one with Westside, Omaha Westside, who is kind of settling into a rotation now. That's a team you'd probably rather play earlier than later. They were sharp against Burke, a little sluggish against Bryan. Kind of how do you see that one shaping up as, as two teams that are very perimeter-oriented? Yeah, for sure. That'll be interesting because, uh, like you said, Papio doesn't have a uh, real strong post presence. Luke I mean, Maybe Luke, yeah. yeah. Lindemeyer is a good player, but he's kind of more – he's been more of kind of the connector piece, the four spacer, the, the ball mover guy this year. He's seems like he's around 10 points every single game, uh, not – not really more than that too often. Eight, nine, ten boards. Three, Probably four. the matchup that Tate yeah. Advati will draw. Yep. Which kind of fits yeah, his it. his temperament. That's that's a good key little matchup right there. Yeah, for sure. And then obviously the the guards, it'd be a big matchup of guards kind of both getting both sides 
uh, can really defend and get downhill and attack the basket on both sides of the court. So um, that, that'll be a fun one. I think that is a really interesting matchup just in terms of what both teams are going to do and whether, where their strengths lie. And you mentioned Tate, and he had another really good week last week, 20, uh, 20, I think 20 and 22 20, points 20, in yeah. two games, had a double-double in one of them. He's, it seems like he's really been coming on strong recently for them. Yeah, the, I think the thing is, is he's learning to feel his way along navigating his size. Right, a lot of explosive leapers. You see um, some guys that can get up off the floor. I think he's still about six two and a half. He's not. He's kind of. He's a below the rim player, but he's got such. He's crafty around the basket. He's he's got good mid range game. He's his pull up is starting to really look good. Right, that kind of tweener where I don't want to get into the teeth. I, I'm 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 good enough to 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 elevate it at ten twelve feet. And I know the analytics guys cringe, but. His pull-up game has really been sharp the last couple of weeks. And he's a guy, he's a great example of one of those kids that does grow early, and he was so good in middle school because he was bigger than everybody else and had some skill. As he's continued to get into high school and continued, uh, his skill set has started to grow even if he didn't keep growing himself. So he's really done a great job of trying to work on those extra skills to allow him to continue to be successful as he's lost that size advantage. Yeah, what what would you do in in this one if... uh, you know, you've got to face a guy like Kyle Ingerson who provides length. He's still perimeter-oriented. Who do you think draws that matchup on Friday? Is that, is that a Chandler Meeks assignment? Is that's that, that's I wonder if you throw Reggie Thomas at him. Obviously, the height differential, but those guys play together all summer long. They mm-hmm. practice together a ton. I think Reggie knows the, the way that Kyle likes to play. Um, I, I That'll be interesting to see kind of how they – uh, because you, obviously he's the the top perimeter threat there. You got to stay out on him. Um, they've got a couple other guys there. Obviously Joey Hylak's going to try to get downhill. Uh, you want a big strong guard on him, uh, maybe. So I, I think we'll probably see them switch that up a couple different ways. Yeah. Um, try to get get different looks. Maybe Reggie to kind of get up in him. Second, you put somebody a little taller, a little longer um, on on him at different because Papio uh, Papio will downsize at times too, and um, sometimes. Um, it could even see maybe maybe you put uh, Kyle at the five, and, and then you got a guy like uh, Advadi on him or something. So it'll be interesting to see kind of that chess match between the two teams in terms of the defensive matchups. Real quick, in our last couple of minutes, um, we talked about some of the big matchups in a what what's what interests you in Class B, if anything that you're that you're, you're kind of chomping at the bit to get a handle. Yeah, off. last week was a big, interesting week in Class B. Um, obviously, Mount Michael and uh, Elkhorn went head to head, and yeah. Mount Michael survived at the buzzer on a, a tip uh, putback that was just a little bit too late. Yep. Um, but that, that's a strong showing for Elkhorn after kind of having the little, couple of losses, little bounce back. Yeah, uh, they're starting to get healthy, getting a full complement of bodies. That's going to matter. So Mount Michael held on to that game, and then they go down to uh, Missouri and lose a tough one in the fourth quarter. Had a couple of chances in that fourth quarter, some really good looks, and couldn't get them to fall. So they suffered their first loss of the year. Wasn't against a Nebraska team though, so yeah. that's not going to hurt them in the standings. No, but then you have Waverly knock off Norris, hand them their first loss in an impressive fashion. So anomaly. Or a way that you think Waverly is capable of playing? Because that's going to be interesting. I think uh, it's looking more and more like basketball is following the path of football in Class B this year, where there is no dominant team. Again, I think we both feel confident that Mount Michael probably should be the best in terms of top to bottom, the most talent. 
they've kind of been up and down a little bit this year. I think you still take them with the, the biggest upside, but everybody's been, uh, all these kind of teams in the top, they've all been around each other. Uh, they've beat each other. They've played each other a couple different times. So um, it's been really interesting in Class B. You still got Scott kind of uh, hanging in the background there after that that tough start to the year, and you, you figure they're going to keep getting better. You saw the uh, tough overtime game from Platteview last week where, yeah. boy, they have lost some close ones. Yeah, they, they, they've done really well. They, they, they've impressed me. I, they're, they're better than I thought they were going to be in a and, lot of it. And they're a little yeah. bit better than just Connor Milliken. He's, that's the easy name to just say. But this, I think this may be one of Coach Brodsky's better coaching jobs. Oh, for sure. Opinion. Yeah, because Milliken and then Tyler O'Reilly, those are the two names coming back that you knew. The rest of those guys are doing a great job of filling their roles and allowing guys like Connor to go off and to put up those big numbers by – whether it's screens, whether it's spacing the floor, whether it's uh, really digging down on defense. Um, they've allowed Connor to put up some big numbers here and allowed Platteview to get off to a 9-2 and two start. Uh, before we let you go real quick, uh, and we'll be back next week with Nebraska Preps postgame. In most people's polls going back to A, this will be Grand Island's first entrance, especially with the toast of from Millard West. We know about Isaac Trout. When you take a look at Grand Island's upside, what do you think that's capable of? What do you think they're capable of as they'll probably enter most top 10 pools this week? Yeah, so obviously they opened, opened the, the season against Creighton Prep, um, kind of got humbled in that one a little bit. But since then, they've, uh, they've gone on, uh, gotten off to a heck of a start to the season here. That being said, they've also kind of caught teams at the right time. They, they haven't played the toughest schedule. A lot of yeah. the Lincoln teams, Lincoln Southwest, w- with the injuries there, with uh, Ryland Smith and Ben Hunziker, two of your best, two of your three best players being out. So that really, uh, that's a big hit for Southwest. So we'll, we'll see uh, um, kind of here as the, they'll get another crack at Southeast. You got Millard West could be interesting. Um, you got North Star, Northeast, and kind of coming up in the second half s- schedule. So it's gonna it's gonna get a little bit tough for them. I have been impressed with the way that Isaac Trout uh, ha- has played this year for the most part. Um, he's I kind of wondered how this season would go for him, considering he has an entirely new team around yeah. him. He basically they just elevated their JV team after losing everybody but him from their varsity team. So he's been playing with guys that haven't played really any Meaningful varsity, varsity basketball. minutes. So you knew he's going to be getting double and triple teams all season long. And he's been able to be put up some big numbers and be a little bit more efficient than I thought he might, just based on how I expected teams to kind of throw the kitchen sink at him defensively. So uh, if he can keep that up, and uh, Kitan Fife, I think, has had a pretty good start to the season. They Folks get, recognize that last yeah. name too, don't they? Good, at, good athlete. Um, only going to get better too. He's, yeah. he's kind of just getting started. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how their growth follows with the the jump in schedule that they're going to take throughout this season here. But um, props to them for getting off, getting off to this start. I don't think I, I certainly didn't have them uh, at, at seven and two or whatever they are at this point in the season. Yeah, fantastic stuff. We'll be back next week. Make sure you're tuning in. That's Jacob Padilla. Uh, I'm Damon Benning. This is the Nebraska Preps post game. Don't miss a download. Stay with us. We'll keep you covered in just seven short days. That's a week for those of you keeping track at home. Talk to you then. A Huda Media Production.